0: Hi, this is Anne Cabrera with another episode of Speeding Past 80. And this week's episode is called, What Am I Going to Do with the Rest of My Life? I have a special guest, Betty Boswell. She's my friend and also my critique partner. But we have traveled the writing journey together, and she has actually published, how many books now? Oh. Six?
1: Six or seven. Um. Uh, there's three novels. Mm-hmm. There's four kids books, and then there's uh, two uh, short stories and collections. So
0: great. Yeah. Well, welcome, Betty. We're glad to have you. And um, I would just like for you to talk about uh, your books first. Okay. Because I think you have another one coming out. I
1: do. Uh, it, we just got through with Halloween, so I'm thinking towards past Thanksgiving and going into Christmas. Um, on December first, uh, there will be another short story coming out in a novella collection. Uh, it's called Stolen Gift Exchange. Ooh. And it is my first. Uh, well, actually, it's my second cozy mystery. Mm-hmm. I my cozy mysteries. Don't kill off anybody. There's just something wrong, something amiss. And um, this one will be about three older women who are in a swim club together for their exercise. And there's also some quilting involved. But they, um, something is stolen from one of them. And they have to figure out who stole it. Where did it go? And it's a very special gift for someone. Uh, In January, this will be a first. My first Christian Romantic Suspense will be coming out in January. And it's called Hidden Names. And it will take a couple on an adventure across several states where they will hunt for clues to solve a mystery that her father put upon her when he passed away. He had some criminal secrets and he wanted them well hidden. So he hid them in some special jewelry that he had her make because she's an artist. She had no idea he was into all these crimes or anything like that. But her own very special agent from the uh, Federal Bureau will be helping her find these items. And in the meantime, there will be car chases and blown up vehicles. And a touch of romance. And a touch of romance. Oh, yes. Now, most of my books for the grown-ups do have a touch of romance, and it's always a Christian approach. It's always clean and fresh. It is something that anyone could read from teen years when the, when the girls get interested in romance through us great grannies. <laughs>
0: Well, I've enjoyed reading them because I see them before they go to the publisher, and I have just enjoyed reading all of them. I would also like to talk about what it means to be a writer at this age. Now, Betty, you're many years younger than I am.
1: Yeah, 67 so far.
0: <laughs> and I am now 81. I have already Yay. sped past 80 and yes, looking have. at 82 ahead. So... I like Betty's approach to writing and I am trying to adopt that because we both began at about the same place in our writing journey when we met. Now here Betty's published all of these books and I have just now found a publisher for one book. Now needless to say, I do not have 50 writing years ahead of me. I have to learn to write faster. But Betty, one thing I've always liked about your writing is you're writing novels. But you also have found other cubby holes for writing. Devotionals, uh, work for hire, mm-hmm. anthologies. Talk about finding a lot of places to put your writing.
1: Yeah, I think it's very important to find lots of places to put your writing, particularly when you're selling yourself to a publishing company. They want to see that you can work with somebody, that you can turn in a page to a publisher, they can edit it and send it all marked and read back to you, and you can fix it and then come through in a timely manner. And I think it's also important to remember that there are other people that you need to connect with as a writer. I was initially, as a child, a kind of quiet, shy child, and that continued into adulthood until I said, well, I've got to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> And I learned to be more outgoing. And with the writing, I learned one way to do that was to go to these conferences. And everything I've written has come from a contact that I met at a conference or a workshop or even just a local critique group. That's helped. I think that I looked at it. I'm kind of a focused person. When I was a mom... I made all kinds of homemade things and grew a big garden until my kids were old enough to be taken care of by dad. (laughs) And then I, I went back to school and got my teaching degree. During my teaching years, I did every extra workshop. I focused on that. And then when I decided my teaching years were almost over, I said, you know, what do I want to do when I retire? Not just sit around and stare at the walls. And I decided that I enjoyed writing. I had uh, done some articles in church magazines and different little short things like that. And several years before I retired, there was a, I was a music teacher. There was a new set of rules for music teaching nationally. Uh, standards of learning so there was a call put out through one of the organizations again i joined organizations i met people that liked their subject area and promoted it through one of those organizations there was a call that came out to write some lesson plans and after i got accepted to that it was like hey i like this writing thing Mm -hmm. and i decided to um start taking, I wrote a novel, eh, it didn't do anything but flop at the first conference I went to with it, but with Anne's help and with a lot of other people's critiques along the way, it did grow into On Cue, which was my first novel. But like I said, it's it's important to um, be willing to work on that. And so now my big focus was... It was one thing as a mom, it was another thing as a teacher. Now my big focus is on working with words that will mainly go to the Christian market. As far as the work for hire, that came through a workshop at Highlights Foundation, which is a secular group. But I met someone there who said, you know, you can put your name in for these things and you can possibly be hired. I got two children's books Through that, it was an interesting process. And when you work with a a secular editor, particularly, they are the final say on the words. So you never know exactly if it's going to sound like you or if it's going to sound like them.
0: And And I also wanted to say, maybe we should explain work for hire. It is a flat fee, but it's a nice flat fee. It's not a $25 or $30 flat fee. This is a good fee for the book. Mm -hmm. But you turn it over, and the good thing is you don't have to do the marketing for that book. Of course you do sell it at your workshops and things. But the bulk of the marketing for that work for hire is, is. on mm-hmm. the editor, right? It the publishing is. company.
1: It is. And like I said, those were secular as far as the Christian uh, situation. I went to a Southern Writers Conference, which was near my uh parents' home before they passed away. I went down there a couple of weeks in different years and made some friends down there and one of the things they did was as a conference if you attended their conference you could submit stories to their devotional books and I did that three times with them I did not make a penny but I did make a reference on my resume for writing Uh, recently a year ago a year and a half ago I went to the acfw american christian fiction writers conference and i met an editor from guideposts and after talking to them i uh last year i submitted some possible devotions to them for devotional collections uh they took three out of four and that that will come out those books they're in different books will come out in 2024 and just recently From that same editor, I got a request for more. I sent in like seven, and so far they've chosen five.
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what I think I'm hearing you say so far is focus, make connections, or maybe focus, keep your eyes open and make connections, and then you follow up on those connections. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's hard, you know, to follow up on the connections, especially for shy people you make the connection, then you stay home, and you think, well, you know, am I good enough? You know, the old imposter syndrome.
1: Oh, it's, that's a hard one. And, uh, you know, recently I've delved into illustrating books, and boy, that imposter syndrome hits hard there. <laughs>
0: but I like your illustrations, and they've changed over time. Uh, they're richer, they're fuller, and you have illustrated a couple of your own books now. Two yes. books, right?
1: Yes. I did a chapter book for Elk Clave Publishing about a mule. That's Dottie's dream horse. And it has black and white ink drawings. And then there's Lucy and Thunder, which is a much lighter, fun picture book about a little creature that's afraid of the thunder. And she... The drawings for that were fun. They were quick. It was very nice a very nice experience. I just turned in the illustrations for a Mother's Day book that will be published in April of 24 um, called I Love Mom. She's Our Hero. It will feature months of the year between one Mother's Day to the next. It will feature a veteran who's come home a wounded warrior.
0: Oh that's a clever idea. Very yeah. good idea. And it
1: will, you know, like I said it won't c- go from one month to the next through a whole year.
0: What age is that for?
1: That's for it's a picture book. That means mom or dad or grandma or a caregiver is going to be reading that book in their lap to the child. Its words are fairly simple, so, you know, a second grader might read them. Then so I've 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 got novels for grown-ups. I've got picture books for the little ones in the lap, and I've got a Christian chapter book that's like 10,000 words. Two of the works for hire I did were considered chapter books, but they're not much longer page-wise than a picture book. So they were about 2,000 to 3,000 words, but chapter books can go from your beginning reader. That's Just a step beyond the picture book, maybe a 1,000 words, all the way up to a 10,000.
0: You know, that's the other point that I seem to see in your writing, too, is that you're not just going to be a writer of Christian romances. You're open to ideas, Mm -hmm. and you're willing to try anything that comes your way. Yeah, uh, I think that's... I'm an
1: avid reader, and any writer needs to be a reader, and they need to read... Things that they love and things that they might love. Uh, my only condition on the reading is, is it clean?
0: Yeah.
1: I have a mind that sticks stuff in it. And if there's a book that's got something in it that I don't want to hear over and over in my mind, a curse word or a bad situation, situation then I will put it down and say, I'm done with this
0: book. I feel the same way. In fact, I remember being in a bookstore once And opening a book in the middle, and the scene was so horrific that I don't even touch anything that writer has written since then. Mm -hmm. It was just horrific, and I happened to open the book to that scene because I didn't want that in my mind. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Well, I'm here and I'm a writer too, but I am the writer sitting in the room for an hour or two saying, should that word be is or was? Folks, this is not the way to go. Listen to Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they always, some
1: of the workshops I've been to say, write that crummy copy. Mm -hmm. I am not quite that person either. I will write the crummy paragraph or the crummy page, and then I will go back over that page and fix it before I leave it as much as I can and find the other fixes.
0: Well, I think that's the way to do it. Though I do have a second novel that's not yet sold. I think it was almost sold one time, but not yet. It needs work. But I had an idea for a novel in 2017 about a pandemic. That was before the pandemic happened. And I wrote a 1,000 words a day for 90 days. Ended up with 95,000 words of terrible writing. Terrible writing. But somewhere in those 95,000 words... I do have a pretty good rough draft for a first novel, and I think there are two more there. Bottom line here is I have to eat healthy and exercise, because I've got to be around for a while to get this done.
1: (laughs) There you go. Well,
0: Betty, thank you for sharing your work, and thank you for being a great critique partner for me, and thank you for writing. Good, Mm -hmm. clean stuff. This is Ann Cabrera with Speeding Past 80. Thanks for joining us.